0: A dream can be anything, whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually. Every week, the Dream Check Podcast brings you tips, tricks, and real-life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer and wife. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to show you that if I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show, Time to Check In. What's up friends and welcome back for another episode on the Dream Check podcast. I'm your host Nicole Ivanoff. Wow, if you are new to the show and you have never listened to an episode before, You picked the perfect episode to start listening. I'm interviewing Kyan Wolfgang, which, by the way, is the coolest name I've ever heard. Kyan is a faith and lifestyle YouTuber. She's a wife, a dog mom, and a kingdom builder living in Hawaii. Kyan and I have followed each other on Instagram for a while now, and um, I had been so encouraged and inspired by stuff she shared on Instagram I had no idea what her personal testimony was until she shared it on the show, and so I was literally jaw-dropped. You guys have to hear it for yourself. She shares, like I said, her personal testimony of how she went from sugar daddies, you heard me right, sugar daddies, to getting saved by Jesus and living a life for the Lord, she talks on that story, which is crazy. You guys just have to hear it for yourself. She also talks on religion versus relationship with God and how to embrace the spiritual side of Christianity. Not only that, but she also dives deep into what it's like, really like, I should say, being a Christian influencer of the ups, the downs, the unhealthy side of social media, and so much more. Her story, you guys, like I said, is so powerful. You really have to hear it for yourself. You don't want to miss a minute of this episode. Let's check in and welcome Kyan to the show. show. Hey, how are
1: you? I'm doing good. So excited to be here. I think this is like one of my first podcast interviews ever.
0: Oh my gosh, really?
1: Yeah, I think I've only done one other one. I just kind of assumed because so many people
0: recommended you when I asked who people want to hear on the podcast that you are like on a ton of podcasts. So I this is great. No. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm really flattered that people thought of me. Well, you clearly are a source of inspiration for people on social media because definitely there was like 10 plus people. And like the I probably posted like recommendations for guests a couple times. And your name by far was like the most requested name for the show. So I'm super pumped oh, wow. that we were able to make this work. And just based off of kind of a little bit that you already shared with me, I'm like, whenever I do like pre-show with guests, like I always want to ask them the questions so I can know. But with you, I'm like, oh my gosh, her story sounds so cool. I cannot wait to like, honestly, just hear it for the first time myself.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to share
0: it. So I guess we can just dive in. I gave a little intro of you. But why don't you? Why don't you tell us who you are? And then we'll go into like your testimony after
1: that. Yeah, so my name is Kyan Wolfgang. Me and my husband and our dog live in Maui, Hawaii right now. We actually just moved to a farm. So definitely did a little big life shift moving to Maui away from our home and now living our life on a farm. It's been really fun and challenging, but really good. And I'm a child of God and I love creating. I'm super creative. And yeah, I don't I make YouTube videos. I love it. No, <laughs> so that's great. It's hard to hard to sum me up in a few sentences. I don't really I know how my elevator pitch.
0: That question, I always like, it kind of stumps people sometimes, even when I'm asked that question, I'm like a wife, I I guess, like a photographer, like you start listing like occupations and things you are. But I love that you said me, my husband and my dog, because dogs are part of the family. And anyone who says otherwise, (laughs) like, I don't trust them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, handsome is our pride and joy right now. I. Love it. I
0: know we shared about the farm. I I freaking love that. It just to me, like from an outsider, like, it sounds like just a slower pace of life, which just sounds amazing to me. Like when I think of someone who lives on a farm, I think of like, you live this like slow pace, intentional, like chill life compared to LA and I get envious. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that was the main reason we moved to Hawaii was we were kind of tired of the really fast paced lifestyle on the mainland and like really success focused and like, Mm I don't know, we just we wanted to be really, yeah, intentional with our time, be focused on slow living and live somewhere that was way more community focused and encouraged people to be outside a lot more. And now living on the farm, we're able to do that in such a bigger way as well. Like Mm-hmm. Now, a majority of my time is definitely spent outside um, with the animals or working on projects around the orchard or the garden. So that's something I'm really passionate about is like transitioning to a slow, intentional life.
0: I love it. It sounds so dreamy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a balance, a balance of dreamy and then like sweaty, sunburnt hard work for sure. Totally. Hey, you win some, you lose some, you know. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Okay, so I'm going to ask you the burning question that I ask every guest, which is, what is a dream that you have right now?
1: I was thinking about this question before we got on, and I was like, I don't know what to say. I feel like in my near future, my biggest dream right now is just to have a really good season of rest. I've been feeling just so uncertain about like what I want to do with my life. And so I'm really looking forward to July because I'm going to be taking like two or three weeks off of creating content and social media and YouTube. So really looking forward to that. And more of a long term is just using this time at the farm since our rent is like for trade, just using this money and opportunity to invest in other businesses that will like set us up for more just freedom financially and be able to have more like passive income streams mm-hmm. and then to travel to Europe. That's not another dream I've been thinking about a lot lately.
0: I love it. I feel like rest... everyone's going to Europe. I know. And honestly, I am going to Europe in like Yes, <laughs> and I hate it because everyone's going to Europe right now literally every influencer I follow is in in Italy I'm like oh now this content's gonna be so oversaturated which is like I don't know why my mind goes there it's so stupid I'm going for work like I'm shooting a wedding in Lake Como and then Nico is coming with me wow. he's never he's never been to Italy and a friend of ours her and her husband were supposed to come but he actually just got booked on a, a lead role for a film. He can't come anymore. So it's me, Nico, and my best friend, Courtney, the little trio. We're just going to be bopping around (laughs) Italy. We're going to go to Venice after Lake Como. So I'm so pumped because Nico's never been. So I'm excited for him to see it. But also I'm like, everyone's here.
1: You know? (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, if it makes you feel better, I never get tired of Europe content. So I will be watching. (laughs) Good. I love that. I feel like back
0: to your like original dream of the rest. I feel like Mm -hmm. that is the ultimate dream. And I don't know if it's coming from like, you know, as a creative or just someone who I don't workaholic is the wrong word for me. I think like people who are really passionate about what they do, we have a tendency to like go overboard and just like we're always working Mm -hmm. like even Nico and I were talking about this recently, like. When we're not working, we're talking about work because we're so passionate about it. We're excited to like dream up new projects and new ideas and like new creative things. But it does get to a point where like life is not about work. Yeah, we're created to work, but like that is not all life is about. And I Mm -hmm. swear my favorite trip I ever went on in my life, in my 32 years of being alive, when my best friend had her baby in 2020, I went out there for like five days, like literally – in like March 7th like the week covid hit or like the week before everything shut down wow. went out there packed two pairs of sweatpants didn't have my phone out mm-hmm. once didn't li- literally was never on my phone didn't pack makeup literally all i packed was sweats and i'm like this is my dream to go somewhere and not have to worry about oh i gotta film this this would be a good for reels or this would be good content because that is like the pace of like where social media is going like if you are not creating videos it's mm-hmm. like you're not gonna grow and all this like crazy stuff so like i'm just out of curiosity do you ever struggle with like you want to rest and like have your phone down but you also know like this would be great content not even for like surface level stuff but like I can make something really encouraging out of this content.
1: Yeah, I think that's something I've struggled with a lot over the past few months. I've actually taken a huge step back from creating content, posting on Instagram. I just, it's like this weird shift where I'm starting to desire more privacy. Mm. I think living here in Hawaii and like also moving to the farm, it's like there's just so many other things to do. And even when I am out and about lately, I've just been grabbing a photo or video of something if I am inspired to and not posting it. And then I just kind of like leave it there. And I'm like, I don't want to only take things because it creates this pressure on myself. Like, oh, I only need to film this for Instagram or, and I want to enjoy things and create For myself and because I love it and so kind of doing that where I'm just taking it for fun and then if I wanted to post it a week later two weeks later I will Mm -hmm. or sometimes I don't even post it at all Mm -hmm. but for me that has been just more healthy just taking a step back of doing everything for social media and like not buying in to what everyone says about, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not posting, you're not going to grow. I'm like, okay, then I won't grow. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, It's it's just not worth giving over all my power and I, identity to yeah. like keeping up, keeping up with mm-hmm. other people on social media or posting a lot. And I, I it's really easy to compare and see what other people are doing in the industry so I've been trying to not compare as much and just accept that you know I don't want to post five seven times a week on Instagram and that's okay
0: yeah and honestly it's so much like I feel like the best content even the content I resonate with is content that you can tell is so organic and authentic and like was thought of and wasn't just like posted because you're on this like cool trip or you're at this cool spot and then it's like inauthentic or even when you're like forcing a caption with like a beautiful photo, it's like, no, like that, it doesn't have to be like that. And it gets, it does, it creates such a pressure on creators to like, oh my gosh, this sunset, I have to capture it because this would be great for a post for this, this and this. And then I better get a video too, because this will look great in a reel and it just becomes so obsessive.
1: Yeah. I have totally been there and still struggle with it today.
0: I feel you. Well, we're going to go back into social media in a little bit, but I want you to share your testimony with us. You like literally gave me two words of it and I was like jaw dropped. So I'm so excited to hear it and for you to share it. So yeah, if, you, if you're if you comfortable sharing that, I would love to hear it.
1: Yeah, I would love to. So I actually grew up in the church a little bit. I think it was like middle school where we stopped going. And so I was just in this woman's group and the question they asked was like, who was the first Jesus that you met? And so for me, I would say I met the boring Jesus where I just thought church was boring. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to stand up during worship. I just thought church was boring altogether. And so I went off to college, was just living my life And I went to a college in Arizona. So I went to ASU. And I don't know what it is about the West Coast, but it is just a different world on the West Coast compared to the Midwest, at least. So there was like so much more emphasis on what you look like, money, social media and Instagram started becoming really big when I was a freshman in college. And so I just started getting caught up in all of that and trying to keep up. And a lot of people would go on these big vacations. And I wanted to go as well. So I opened up a credit card. And then throughout college, I just got myself into a lot of credit card debt. And after I graduated, I was like, what am I? How am I going to pay this off? It was an absurd amount that literally was the same as my salary job coming out of college. And I was just felt so overwhelmed by it. And that's when I started finding out that a lot of the girls who were in the sororities or who I'd been following from college, that they started to get sugar daddies. And so in my mind at the time, I was like, okay, maybe this is a good solution (laughs) to getting all of my debt paid, which is so... Far from the truth. And I think sugar daddies can be romanticized and joked about a lot, but there's so much trauma involved on both ends when it comes to actually doing it. And I know some people have different experiences, but I'm just going to share mine. And so I started signing up for websites, and just usually the way it works, you like go meet someone for dinner first to see if your personalities get along. And then from there, like the next date there would be something expected from you and that you would talk about, you would talk about the pay and all those things. And so I had a couple experiences over a span of maybe two or three years, like in between that, I had a long-term relationship. And so I was just kind of dabbling in and out, but I feel like God's grace and protection was still on me throughout all that time because in almost every situation it would, Like something would happen one time and then the person would just disappear. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like God was like really protecting me from like getting too far in. Because I've heard, I've had people message me just saying like, it's so hard to leave once you have your whole financial dependency on other people. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so life goes on. I start getting into more self-help and more like new age spirituality. But I always felt like something was kind of missing from that as well, and so one day my friend kind of invited me to church. It was like she hadn't gone in a long time, so she was. It was kind of just like a. I feel like there's this stage after college where you're just like willing to try whatever to kind of mm-hmm. like improve yourself, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, church. Let's let's give it a shot and. I remember saying like, I'm going to sing all the worship songs because I remember when I was young, I didn't participate. And so I went to the church. Nothing really spectacular happened, but I decided to go again. My friend had recommended a different church that had kind of like more of a young (laughs) and it was like young audience and more energetic, I guess. And so I started going there and I still had all my debt. My few experiences with these men did not pay for all like they they didn't erase all my problems Mm -hmm. and so I was still struggling with that and it was like a Friday I think and I got a message from one of the guys asking to go grab dinner and I and so we made plans to meet up and we had a time set the place picked out and the day came along and I just felt like he wasn't going to show like I hadn't heard from him the day of at all and so I got ready but I just stayed at home because I was just like okay I just have a feeling he's not going to be there I haven't heard from him and so like I think I waited till like 15 minutes past when we were supposed to meet and still hadn't heard from him and so at that point I was like you know what I'm just so tired of this and I decided to block all of the guys numbers delete my profiles from the app And then the next day was Sunday and I went to church. (laughs) And (laughs) so I was at church and the sermon was about Rahab, the prostitute, in which I really resonated with considering, Mm -hmm. you know, my history with sugar daddies, and the pastor was joking, like, if anyone here is a prostitute, raise your hand, and everyone was laughing. And I think this is also a message to anyone who's preaching to maybe not make jokes about that, because you never know who actually has experienced something like that. And everyone was laughing, but I just felt like that it was me. Mm -hmm. He goes on in his sermon, and he just talks about how God just makes you new. He can make you as no. And he used Rahab, like she was one of his most faithful servants. She was willing to do things that others wouldn't. Like she was willing to do something for God when others wouldn't. And so it ended up being like a four-week series on Rahab, which when I tell the other Christians, all of them are, shocked because there are hardly any sermon series that are all dedicated to Rahab. And so I think by every week I would just go and sob because I related to the story just so much. And I think by the end of it, I had given my life to Christ. And from there, it was just like a long journey of like accepting God's love for me and kind of just navigating the Bible and learning and being renewed and being healed. And there are still traumatic experiences from my experience that I'm still healing from today. But one thing I know I have authority over is shame. And I never tell my story feeling any shame. And I think that's what has resonated when I posted my testimony on YouTube, is actually how my YouTube channel grew. God had told me to post my testimony, and I was terrified because I had to tell my parents what I had done. And then when I posted the video, everyone in the world would know what I had done, including my grandparents, like my family members, siblings. And so I really didn't want to do it, but I just felt like I needed to be obedient. And from there, like God just took it and shared it with so many women. And I've gotten so many messages from people who have had similar experiences who just don't know how to escape the shame of it. And so that's Mm -hmm. like a really big mission for me. And something I'm really passionate about is to just break off shame off of our generation of men and women.
0: That is incredible I'm like as you're talking I'm thinking of like so many questions but I'm also like you know trying to listen (laughs) the shame thing is huge I mean my story is different than yours but there was a point in college where I was like so broken in debt where I literally was like amateur night at the strip club you can make like five hundred dollars I'm like I literally considered it multiple times I never did it but like I wanted to, like, there was just a little part Mm -hmm. of me that was like, you're not going to do that. And I remember feeling so much shame around my story too. Like I, even my first, like when I became a Christian, I was like, oh gosh, like no guy's ever going to marry me. Like I've had sex with so many people. Like I'm never going to meet a good Christian Mm -hmm. guy who will marry me. And then, yeah, like the enemy has used that shame in so many circumstances with me. But when you get to that place of freedom where you're like, I can freely talk about this, tell anyone this without feeling any shame because you know, like God uses your past for your future and shame isn't from God. So like your story, like you posting that on YouTube, like it's going to change so many people's lives, like people who are secretly battling something so similar and God is using you as a vessel to help them. Like that's incredible. And I think as Christians, when we get to the place of like acceptance of who we are and or who we used to be and know that's not who we are like then we're Mm -hmm. able to use our story and our testimony for others and at the end of the day like our story our testimony is for others and so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I love what you're doing and I love that you're able to like share your story and encourage others because you'd be I mean you're not shocked but I think people would be shocked like I've heard of the sugar daddy thing when I like pre like getting saved and stuff like I had friends recommend that. And it's crazy how common it is and like how normalized it is in society. And how it's like, I see TikToks all the time, girls like flashing their wads of money, like, oh, you could have a sugar daddy too, and like a joking way. And they don't realize like the trauma behind it, like when you're in it, you know?
1: And so. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's never talked about. It's mm-hmm. very romanticized. And they just show like the lifestyle that it gives. Some. And it's a very few percentage of women who actually are experiencing what these girls are showing online. Majority of it is kept very hidden. And a lot of the men on there have really demonic sexual addictions that they're actually looking for you to fulfill. And so you're agreeing to that. Mm -hmm. Most men or women who are willing to pay for money have some kind of trauma and addiction Mm -hmm. Or, like, insecurity. And that's basically what you're getting paid for. Mm -hmm. And a lot of... And the thing is, like, after I did it, after I I came home from one of those nights, I didn't allow myself to feel anything. I joked Mm -hmm. about it. And so I totally understand where these girls are coming from, showing it off, joking about it, romanticizing Mm -hmm. it. Because you really have to numb yourself in order to do it. You have to turn off so many of your natural emotions and instincts in order to perform or like give yourself sexually to someone that you don't really want to. And so Mm -hmm. I get it. And I don't think I really dealt with the pain or trauma of the actual sexual experiences until I was married which was like Mm. years later and so I totally understand where they're coming from as well because they just sometimes you don't realize actually the impact it's having on you until years later
0: yeah What would you say to anyone listening that maybe isn't in the exact situation, but is thinking about it or has done it and is dealing with shame or even thoughts of like, I'm never going to find a husband because of this, or I'm ashamed to tell my boyfriend that I've done this. Or what would you say to that girl?
1: I would say that you are just so loved by Jesus. And like, we all need to know our identity as like loved children of God before we ever get into a relationship with somebody else. So don't Mm -hmm. think about it in a way of like, I did these things. So will I find a husband? It's like, I did these things, but Jesus still loves me. Mm -hmm. And there is no shame or condemnation for those who are in Christ and really finding ways to heal your identity as a child of God and asking God to renew your mind and purify your heart, working with a therapist are all things I would recommend. And just to encourage you guys, like when I had a situation, so I met my husband on a cruise ship and I had met a (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we have a, a very <laughs> interesting story as well. But I had met a Christian guy right before the cruise who was a virgin. And I think I had told him about my testimony or he found my YouTube video. And while I was on the cruise, he texted me and he's like, so you like slept with a bunch of guys for money, question mark, in just like a very accusatory tone. Oh, heck no, And... I forgot what I said back, but at that moment, I knew this guy was not going to be my husband. And I also did not take on any of the shame he was trying to put on me. And that same day or like during that same trip where I got his text, I had met Kyle, my husband, and had told him my testimony. And he was so excited like he was smiling the whole time. He was like, that's amazing. Like uh, you have an amazing, powerful testimony. Like this is so good. Like he was so enthusiastic about my past where you're like, really? Like you're that excited (laughs) about this, but he, he loves it. He loves when I share my story. He has no shame around it. He has no insecurity about it. And so Yeah, also to encourage you that they're, like, the person who God has for you, like, God is going to prepare their heart to receive your story. And I pray that they are excited, as excited as Kyle is about it Mm -hmm. and celebrating, you know, what God has brought you through instead of shaming you. And if you meet a guy and he shames you, just peace out. We do not need that.
0: (laughs) He ain't it. Like, I honestly, like... (laughs) I was like getting emotional as you were saying that because it's so true. Like God is preparing the man he has for you. He's preparing his heart for who you are and your story. And the man God has for you will be so accepting to your past and and like Kyle, excited about your testimony and, and the lives you're going to change because of it. Because that shows he has a heart like Jesus. And like, it, mm-hmm. a guy can be a Christian, but that doesn't, mean he has a heart for Jesus or he's following or walking with God and the fruit of his life will show. And that guy's response to your testimony was showing the bad fruit in his life. And I feel like for anyone listening, Mm -hmm. if the guy you're dating is shaming you for things you've done in your past, like that's not the heart of Jesus. And that's not someone God would have for you. And I'm just like, that's just flat out.
1: Yeah it makes me think of, you know, the woman caught in adultery. There was Mm -hmm. all these men around her accusing her. And the first thing that Jesus did was shut them all down Mm -hmm. and basically told them to shut up, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. stop accusing this woman. And that was the way he showed her that like, I know all these men are around you trying to accuse you. So I'll punish you. But like, I love you so much that I'm going to shut them all down because Mm -hmm. their accusations are not going to Give you freedom from this sin. Mm-hmm. It's like me showing that I love you regardless of what everyone says. That's mm-hmm. what will help heal you and be able to enable you to actually walk away and sin no more. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like there's stuff even within marriage,
0: trauma from those situations that you're still dealing with. Had you have got together with someone who wasn't supportive of your past, like imagine this, how much harder these struggles will be if you didn't have someone who's supporting you and helping you heal from these, not creating shame and 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 toxic like situations around it. He's helping you heal, and I truly believe that the man God has for us is the man that. Is going to help you heal from past trauma. Like you don't have to be healed to be married. You don't have to be healed to get into a relationship because the person God has for you is going to help you through that
1: trauma. Yeah, totally. I feel like there's a certain amount of healing you can do while you're single, but mm-hmm. so much of it is reserved for marriage. Like so there is no way I could heal. <laughs> my sexual trauma without being in a relationship where I'm now having sex. And Mm -hmm. so when I was single, all of that sexual trauma was more buried, Mm -hmm. but now being in marriage where we're having sex, it all comes to the surface. And Mm -hmm. I mean, Kyle was never insecure about it, but I also want to say like, yeah, a man should never be shaming you, but if a man has insecurity, that's coming from what you're sharing, Mm -hmm. but he's willing to work through it. I think that's beautiful as well. I'm not saying a man has to perfectly receive everything because it might Mm -hmm. cause triggers for him, especially, you know, like comparison or uh, feeling Mm -hmm. like not good enough because maybe he's a virgin and you're not. And Mm -hmm. so I would say also having grace for men who are triggered or have their own insecurities come up from your testimonies is okay. Mm -hmm. as long as they're not using it as a weapon against you. So good.
0: I feel like this ties great with like relationship versus religion culture and how when you have a relationship with God, you have that understanding of like, I'm loved no matter what versus religion tells you this is bad. You're going to go to hell. Like you're not going to find a husband. Mm -hmm. What is your experience with, you know, religion versus having a relationship with Jesus?
1: Yeah, I feel like, so back to the woman's group. So the first question was like, who is the first Jesus that you met? And I'm not saying Jesus is actually boring, but that's just the, the way the church presented him mm-hmm. to me. And so after I was saved, I met like the real Jesus who was loving. I call him my boyfriend, Jesus. I would go on dates with him. He pursued me. He was like, show, he showed me how much I was loved. He made me feel beautiful. And he was like my best friend, my boyfriend. And so I just feel like as time went on, I started to fall into religion and I started to drift away from that genuine relationship I had with God when I was first saved Um, because I started watching a bunch of different sermons. I started following Christians on social media and it's crazy. Like what a difference it made. Like when I, when I like so protected my faith and like my love for God, I just felt so loved. But as soon as I started following people who were more condemning or sin focused, Mm -hmm. I felt further and further from God. And I started getting into religion and I started being really judgmental of other people. I also started to focus on people's sin. I thought convincing people to like save themselves for marriage was like the most important thing to do or like if people weren't, you could be judging them. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like how did I Mm -hmm. get here? And it's because everyone wants to focus on people's sins and they want to manage everyone's behavior. And God is about coming, like his mission was to die for us as we are to show us how much we are loved. And so then that love would empower us to live a life integrated with him and his morals. But he didn't come and just be like, he didn't come and not die for us and just Mm -hmm. be like, Hey, you guys don't need to change before I'll die. Like he died first. And so Mm -hmm. I think that is like the biggest shift I've had to make is like knowing like before we try to manage everyone's behaviors as Christians, let's make sure they actually truly know their identity in Christ as loved children. That's so good. So good, and I feel like my story is kind of similar.
0: Like when I first got saved, I feel like I was watching so many sermons, and my whole passion in is on like women with dating and purity because it's something I experienced like the worldly way versus the godly way. And as I was studying and learning about God and what He says about sex and dating, I feel like I went down this like path of I was obsessive. I've watched every sermon series on relationships. I've read every faith based book on sex and dating. And I feel like I was taking in so much information that I just became like a know-it-all with with sex and dating that my friends would come Mm -hmm. to me and I'd be like, you cannot have sex with that guy. Like, you should not, like, I'm just like being so like judgmental, but not intentionally judgmental. I think I was just so excited about what I was learning that I felt like I had the answer to, to to the dating problem. And so if anyone came to me, I'm like, no, this is what you should do. This is how you should do it instead of just like... Being loving and understanding but i think mm-hmm. in our situations like it came from an intentional place of like just being overwhelmed with all this like stuff we're learning about god and what his word says but i think where i missed it was like we're not called to like go out and tell people we're like our actions are supposed to show people and our actions are supposed to like attract people to want to live a life with Jesus, not us telling them, because I think that's what pushes people
1: away. So true. I just saw on Facebook that a satanic priest just got saved and gave his life to Jesus. And he said, so many people in the satanic church are so hurt and broken. And the thing that... Like he had been doing it, I think, for 30 years. And so the thing that changed, he said one day he did an interview about the satanic church. And after the interview was done, a lady came and gave him a hug. Hmm. And she just gave him a huge hug, didn't say anything. And he said he felt so loved, like crazy loved in that moment. And I think a week later, he found out she was a Christian. And so when he went into his next like ritual trying to figure out who to curse or whatever is done in the satanic church he said jesus was there Mm. and jesus showed up and just loved him unconditionally and he said it was for christians who loved him unconditionally even when he was a satanic priest that is what made him quit Mm. And resign and give his life to Christ. It wasn't that this lady came up after him and told him what he was doing was going to send him to hell or Mm -hmm. she just gave him a hug so
0: powerful like that story is so emotional and i just think of like with everything going on in the world right now like all the division all this like politics and stuff is like that's happening i saw this like this christian i follow posted this meme and it was like a girl like jesus is sitting on the ground and a girl is like pulling on his like shirt And like the little text bubble above her said it was like some complaint about like people are like aborting babies or people are doing this or people are doing that, just shouting at Jesus. And he just has like his hand over his head in disappointment. Like that's not our mission. Like we're, we are not called to go out and judge other people for their beliefs or what they're doing wrong. Like that's not for you to judge. Like we are called to love Mm -hmm. people as they are. Just because we believe one thing doesn't mean we have to go and shout that in everyone else's faces. Because personally, I feel like if I was not a Christian, I would be so turned off by that. I'd be like, oh my gosh, these Christians are weird and crazy and pushing their beliefs on us. It's like, no. Like, another example would be like my husband, one of his best friends. They've been going to the gym together every morning for like three years. Like, they've been friends for like six years, whatever my husband obviously is a strong christian man of god talks about his faith openly to everyone because it's a part of him but he's never pushing anything on his friends who aren't believers he's never telling them you should go to church you should do this and literally like a month ago his friend texted him because my husband has like a men's group and he was like hey bro Mm -hmm. i think i want to come to your men's group this week and my husband was like in tears he's like oh my gosh like Can you believe it? He's going to come to the men's group tonight. And Nico never had to even invite him. He never had to say anything. And now he's showing up to church every Sunday on his own. And it's like Mm -hmm. my husband's actions in themselves led him to want to make his own decision. And I think that's what we're called to do as Christians. Love others as they are and let our actions be like the only Bible they'll ever ever know or see and let them attract them to want to know God, not as like pushing or forcing our own agenda on
1: them. Yeah, that's so true. And it's just so needed in today's society where obviously all these huge issues are coming up. But like, Mm -hmm. yeah, telling people how they should behave only treats a symptom of something Mm -hmm. way deeper. Like God is more Worried about the conditions of our hearts. I wrote down this the scripture, Matthew 12 34 through 35. It says, For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Good people bring good things out of the good stored up in them, and evil people bring evil things out of the evil stored up in them. And so, as Christians right now, everybody wants to tell people how to behave, but Mm. telling someone to stop drinking or stop watching porn or stop having sex doesn't actually deal with the true deep root of why someone's addicted to alcohol, why Mm -hmm. someone wants to have sex or why somebody watches porn. Like God wants to heal those parts. And none of those parts are healed by shaming people. Mm -hmm. That's just not how Jesus operates. Mm -hmm. It's by unconditional love. Exactly. And also, like, telling someone to stop watching porn or
0: stop having sex, like, again, like, that's not the root of the problem. So you first have to go to the root of the problem. And then the action, once the root is healed, the action will stop, you know. And so I always recommend, like, something that changed my life was when I was going through my, like, dating phase of, like, having one night stands, like, every other day, my ex-roommate's, like, boyfriend at the time, he... You know, he's a Christian and he knew what I was doing was like so not good. But he never like said anything mean to me or like judgy to me. He was like, Hey, you know, um, I I read this book before and I think you would love it. And he got me the book and it was The Way by Devon Franklin and Megan Good and it changed my life. Like I recommend that book to everyone. And he never had mm-hmm. to say anything to me. He offered me a book that he knew would have all the information in it and I could take with it what you know what I want. And mm-hmm. it changed my life. And so I think it's little gestures of love like that where we can, like, help a friend out who's in in a situation where there's clearly a heart problem where we don't have to, like, place judgment on them,
1: you know? Yeah, that's so good. I had a similar experience when I first was saved. And this guy had asked me out on a date. And we went or we grabbed coffee. I don't even think it was a date. So we went and grabbed coffee. <laughs> and the subject of waiting till marriage came up. And... He asked if I was waiting for marriage and I was like, um, no, like I've already had sex and like, I don't think I am or like, I don't really, I don't really know. And I think he was a virgin and he was just so sweet. Like he didn't try to lecture me or say, you know, he didn't shame me or try to change me. He recommended a sermon series that then changed my life, which was the new rules for love, sex and dating. And he just sent me a link. He's like, well, I mean, he was just so happy for me. And he's like, you should watch this. Like I'm waiting for marriage. And like, this might help you understand why a little bit. And like, that was it. You know, what a good guy, and it was so sweet. I know, I think about him to this day. Like, there have been multiple guys in my life. Another guy who actually, before I got saved, I always forget this part of my testimony, but this guy I had met up with, and he just met me in a park. We had hooked up like a long time ago from a Tinder date or something, and then he ended up meeting me in a park, telling me all about Jesus. And tell me how he, you know, is not watching porn anymore and all of these things. And I was like, what? You don't watch porn? Because it was so unheard of for me. I remember in my first relationship, I was so disturbed by my boyfriend's watching porn. I posted on Tumblr, I think, and was like, I just get so sad by like my boyfriend's watching porn. Like, what do you guys think? And everybody said, it's normal. It's normal. Like, mm-hmm. just accept it. It's normal. And so this was the first time in my life a man had told me from his own testimony that he's not do like, I'm not watching porn anymore. And it's because of Jesus. Like, mm. and he also never pressured me or shamed me. He was just so excited about his testimony and where he was getting freedom that he prayed for me before I got in my car. And like, and then he left. And then, yeah, I think a few months after that, I was saved. And so it's just crazy.
0: I love all the little like, God's just like dropping people in your path to like be a part of your story. And I love that because yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a testimony where God wasn't like leaving a trail along the path to where they got saved, yeah. where you look yeah. back and you're like, oh, yes, like that person in the moment I I was like, what's going on? And now I know like, you know, it was Jesus. And so yeah, so cool. I love that.
1: It just goes to show that he's with us no matter what, mm-hmm. and we have to remember that when it comes to all these people that you're so tempted to judge and sin. It's like God's God's with them through everything, and He's trying and He's leaving a trail. And mm-hmm. is what you're doing going to, like, help them move along <laughs> faster or help them realize it faster? Or is it going to make them want to turn the other way? But yeah.
0: Yeah. And I I do want to add, like, for anyone who's, like, dating a guy and you are wanting to wait until marriage for sex, like, this is not, like, a hall pass to where, like, if he doesn't want to, that you have to, like, give him grace and, like, do that with him. I think that, like, if your mission and your your heart's desire is to, like, wait in for marriage, then that should be the same heart desire for the person that you're with. Like, you kind of have to be in it together. So true.
1: Yeah, that guy had never, the one who took me to coffee, we'd never, he never pursued me again after that. (laughs) Which honestly, like, you know, he had his values and he was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I see that she's not, we don't share the same values right now. I'm going to Mm -hmm. like lead her further down the path instead of shame Mm -hmm. me and like set me back further. He Mm -hmm. gave me grace to push me Mm -hmm. further into my pursuit of God And a few months later, I think he met his wife. And then Uh, a couple years later, I met my husband. And so, yeah, definitely stick to your values. Push people along with grace into why you're waiting for marriage, but don't shame them because that will only set them back further. But yeah, Mm -hmm. you will, you know, like we said earlier, God, God will prepare the other person's heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So good.
0: So good. I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> okay, so let's kind of talk on being a Christian influencer. I feel like I I might be able to, to relate a little bit to this because like some of like the questions I was at, I wrote down were like questions like I'm genuinely curious the answer to for myself, <laughs> selfishly. Yeah, You had mentioned that you've kind of strayed away from making more faith videos lately. Can you like talk on that?
1: Yeah, so as I shared earlier, my testimony video was what really took off my YouTube channel. It, I think, is at over 600,000 views now. And so that brought in thousands and thousands of subscribers. And so most of my audience became Christian. And I would make a lot of videos about singleness and dating Jesus. And then my husband, or I met my husband. And so then we talked about like, engagement and then marriage and all those things. But during that time, and I think this happens with a lot of Christian creators is you, in a way you're almost exploiting your relationship with Jesus. <laughs> and so like you're showing so much of your relationship with Jesus that there's like nothing left and nothing personal and nothing mm-hmm. sacred left for your true relationship with Jesus. Cause it's just like, you're giving it all away and then from there, you try to create, keep creating content out of like just an empty cup. And then it's like, it, then it just becomes more religious. Like I'm just posting these videos because that's what, ex- what is expected out of me. Not because I am genuinely overflowing for my personal relationship with God. And so I felt at a certain time, God told me like, Hey, our relationship is going to be private during the season. And that doesn't mean I don't share the love of God with people. I think I still like integrate my faith and who God is throughout my videos. still. It's just, I feel like he called me to really kind of like guard my relationship with him more to make sure it was pure because otherwise, I mean, it says like without love, it's meaningless. And so I think a lot of Christian craters, it starts with love. And it's just an overflowing, but then it dries up because they've given it all away. Mm -hmm. And then there's no love and then it's meaningless. Yeah, I think, like, as
0: a Christian influencer, like, I always feel the pressure to, like, write some long, profound caption with, like, all my posts. Totally. Like, this has to be so heartfelt or it's not going to perform well. And, like, when I catch myself in that, like, train of thought, I'm like, what did you even just say? That sounds so stupid. Like, who cares? Write two sentences. Put an emoji as the caption. Like, it doesn't have to be so serious all the time. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure this is the same for you, but I feel like my most engaged or like resonated captions, the profound ones are the ones that come from like, I am overflowing and God gave me a word to share today. And I'm going to do that because I'm going to be obedient to that because I can feel it in my spirit, but I'm not just like sitting around like, what can I post today? What, What kind of caption can I write today? Because then it becomes inauthentic and people can sense that.
1: Yeah, it's so true. I've had that anxiety so many times when I first was sharing, I would do a long caption Mm -hmm. every time. But again, it was out of a place of overflow. And Mm -hmm. so as soon as I realized, like, oh, wait, like, I'm actually trying to post from a place of performance, Mm -hmm. and from um, a need for validation, that's when I realized, oh, that's not healthy. And so, even if I tried to force a Christianese caption right now, <laughs> it's actually only serving the devil because it's just playing into like my, my need for validation, mm-hmm. oh, so and not good. actually like a genuine heart and love to share with people.
0: So good. On a po- like a positive side, like, what do you feel like as a Christian <laughs> influencer? How is that? Impacted you like in a positive way?
1: That's a good question. I feel like I'm going through a phase where I'm really resentful, honestly, and that's something I've had to confess and repent for. But I've been so resentful towards social media lately and honestly debating just quitting it altogether and not sharing anything anymore. So it's kind of hard right now to think of something that's positive, but I would say what always gets me is when people share their stories of how my testimony made them feel like not ashamed anymore. I would say that's like the best part.
0: Yeah, it gets hard. Like when you're in a place of like, I've I've been in seasons like that where I just want to delete social media and get off it and like focus on my marriage, focus on relationships and not like you know, getting validation from social media, because even as like a Christian influencer, like you said, there is this pressure to like think of some Christian news caption that will be encouraging, but really you're serving the devil because it's coming from a place of wanting validation for self, which like when you said that, I'm like, dang, that is so, so, so good. But I think it's great that you're honest that the season you're in right now is like, this isn't really for me, but also can recognize like your story is impactful for other people, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I've just realized like with social media, there is something really missing. And I'm reading a book right now called Soul Care. And I'm like, Mm. I'm only in like the introduction and it's life changing already. So I would recommend that to everyone. And it's all about relationship and like knowing our true identities in Christ and healing our souls from a place of love instead of condemnation. I've tried to read other Christian books lately and I've just felt so condemned. It's like, Wives, you be praying for your husband mm. five hours a day, and like, what are you doing? Like, you know, oh you know? and gosh. I'm just like, gosh, I just feel like so inadequate. And this book is just, it feels so much more peaceful to my soul. So it talks about having, there's like a trifecta into mm. like ha- really living like this life with Christ. And one of them is having true community. And a Mm. true community is where people live open, honest, and confessional lives in a culture of grace. And I feel social media is missing Mm. all of that. You know, it's so hard to be open, honest, and confessional on social media, but mostly there is no culture of grace on Mm. social media. Almost none. I can tell you all the comments I've gotten or messages I've gotten from people who are trying to correct me. I, none of them have made a difference in my life. (laughs) None of them. Mm -hmm. I always feel shamed. I feel further away from the body of Christ. It's the people who aren't saying anything but are praying for me Mm -hmm. that are actually helping bring breakthrough or the people who I meet in person and have a open, honest, confessional relationship that actually can show me God's love, God's grace, Mm -hmm. and then push me in the right direction. Like that's, that's what really has just changes everything. And I just think that's missing from social media. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's another reason why I'm like, I don't know if this is, if I'm just playing into this, if I'm encouraging more people Mm -hmm. to seek Jesus through imperfect influencers or, you know, like I'm not the answer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I
0: think what you're saying is like all of us crave deep, real authentic relationships where it's unconditional and grace is given. And I feel Mm -hmm. like chemically speaking, like we're so addicted to the high of like the drama and the division on, on social media that like, I feel like subconsciously everyone is, has that, that same feeling or like the craving of like needing something deeper, but doesn't know where to find it or where it is so then they go to social media which turns into this like negative toxic cycle and again mm. like I do think there can be many positive things to social media but at the end of the day like real community is relationships in real life not social media yeah so yeah i'm i'm totally aligned with you i think that i mean again like i've been in seasons where Instagram is like, I love it. I love being on it. I love encouraging people. And then I'm in seasons where, like, I hate it. I don't want to be on it anymore. I feel zero creativity and I'm trying to, you know, pour from an empty cup. And it's like a constant yeah. balance as a creator.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so true. That's why I'm taking like a few weeks off this month to just reevaluate and see. I've even debated just like trying a new approach to social media where I turn off all my comments, I turn off all my messages. Mm. I turn off basically any way that people would like try to speak into my life because it's people I don't know. And they're mm-hmm. commenting, thinking like, oh, I'm going to tell her, you know, how sinful she is in this video or in this photo. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know you personally. How am I supposed to mm-hmm. trust what you say about me? And so I've debated maybe creating a boundary around my heart. And just guarding Mm -hmm. everything to see if that would be less draining. But it's also I felt almost guilty to like cut off a boundary between people who genuinely are just, you know, seeking help or advice. But that's the problem with social media is there is no boundaries. And I feel like Mm -hmm. so many people message me asking for advice, but it's like I would so much rather they find someone in their hometown or at their church to do that with to to be able to walk through it totally. with them because my message back won't make as much as an impact as them actually finding somebody in their community to do mm-hmm. it with instead
0: so good I like have this picture of you like sitting in a field on your farm reading this like soul caring book <laughs> <It seems> so <laughs> so dreamy <laughs> okay this has been epic we didn't even get through everything that I had written down to talk about but I always say like these are the ideas. We'll let the Holy spirit take it from there. And I think that's exactly what happened today. So I'm stoked on this, this uh, conversation. I think we can end it with like, kind of going off of what you were just talking about. Like what advice would you give someone who is feeling like they don't have real friendships and social and just dealing with social media stuff? Like how, where do you begin to like find friends outside of social media?
1: I feel like I've met, so many friends, from like young adult groups. And mm-hmm. so I would just start looking around and if your church doesn't offer it, go find another church that does. I feel like there's just this mm-hmm. culture of like there's so many walls between churches and like we're we're the body of church is not in a building. and so it's so okay to go seek different things from different churches. And so if mm-hmm. you're, Church home does not offer young adult stuff. I used to go to like three different churches, young adult things to meet people. Um, And then I would also encourage you to become a friend that you would like to have instead of becoming a friend out of desperation, like trying to make friends so you can get stuff from people. Mm -hmm. Instead ask, what can I give to someone in this friendship? Like how much love can I show them? How can I serve somebody and go in with that heart posture instead of like, I'm so desperate for friends. Like I need people to validate me or pour into me mm-hmm. instead thinking about what you can give to people. And then I would also, my third tip would just be really come up with engaging questions to ask people when you do go I love it. on coffee dates. I would literally write them down on your phone. I don't care if it's cringy. But have some really good questions. I used to get so nervous talking to adults. And so I would literally Google questions of like how to make conversations with people. And so, (laughs) yeah, have questions on your phone. Bring a question book with you. Some people you instantly can get deep with and connect with. And some people you need to like ask intentional questions to get there and sorry a fourth tip is just know you're inserting yourself into their life so don't take Mm -hmm. it personally if you have to text them two times to hang out or like remind them that you texted Mm -hmm. them or initiate meeting up multiple times like uh, obviously you know when it's like okay we're just not connecting and i need to i need Mm -hmm. to stop pursuing this but at least give it a a couple tries such good
0: advice and i think i've based off your advice i want to link there's this like deck of cards that I have that, There's like some for romantic partners and some for friendships. And my husband and I just took it on a road trip with a guy friend of mine who was shooting a wedding with me. And my husband and him were going through the questions together. Like I've been friends with this guy for like seven years. This is like the third time my husband has hung out with him. So I brought these like question (laughs) cards and they were like for literally three hours of the drive going so deep back and forth answering the questions on the cards. So I think those would be like a fun, really cool way because like you're not picking them, you know, like the card is kind of choosing for you. And I feel like it just makes it fun and exciting.
1: (laughs) That would be so cute. Just bring them on all your coffee dates.
0: Okay, so then what was the book you're reading? Do do you recommend that so far?
1: Yeah, it's called Soul Care, Seven Transformational Principles for a Healthy Soul by Dr. Rob Reimer. I love it. 10 out of 10 recommend. Great. And then
0: where could everyone find you? Follow along? Hopefully, nowhere because I'm dropping
1: off the face (laughs) of the earth. You gotta go to her farm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you come to Maui, send me an email when you're here. I actually had a girl do that. (laughs) Oh, we just met up. But I am Kyan Wolfgang on Instagram and on YouTube. I love it. Thank you so much for taking the time know how
0: valuable time is these days so I appreciate you um, sharing your story and your testimony so powerful and I'm just pumped for this next season of life for you
1: thank you I had so much fun today so I appreciate you having me on
0: of course girl have a good rest of your day